John chapter 10, uh, beginning in verse 1. Let's listen together to the word of the Lord. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Thus far, the reading of God's holy and inerrant word. Let's pray now for his blessing. Heavenly Father, uh, you and the Son are one. You sent the Son to be our Good Shepherd, and the Good Shepherd lays down His life for His sheep. Thank You, Lord Jesus, that You've loved us so much and in such a way that You were born so that You might die, that in Your body on the tree You would bear all of our sins and all of our iniquities. And You're strong enough to carry that load, to bear that heavy burden for us. And so you bid all of us to come unto you, all who, are, all who labor and are heavy laden, that they might find rest. And so we pray this morning, as you minister to us from your holy word, that we would find rest in you, our good shepherd. We pray this all in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, there was ever a sermon where I felt like I was preaching to the choir, it would be this one, because I'm preaching about what it means to be a pastor and an elder to Cody Chapman. (laughs) I love you, brother. Elders are a gift to God's people. That's how Jesus runs his church and his wisdom and his 
providence and his good pleasure, he uh, made the church to be that way. That men are raised up to be officers and elders and deacons in his church. And some men are raised up to have the responsibility to be under shepherds to the good shepherd. And it's a high calling. A calling to which every elder one day will have to give an account. Hebrews 13, 17 tells us this. It says, obey your leaders and submit to them. That's that's y'all's part in the relationship. (laughs) Then it says, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. That's our part in the relationship. That's what Cody's being installed to do today. Elders are a gift to Jesus' church. Cody's a gift to us, you know this. And we need you, brother. This world is full of sadness and darkness, and this past week has been so evident of that. To continue to grieve. We know we can't do this on our own. We know we were never meant to do this on our own. We see this right away at, in the beginning, at creation. God looked, God looked out on everything he had created. He declared all things very good, except there was one thing where Jesus, where God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, working together in creation, there was one thing that they declared was not good. When they had finished creating man, and they looked at Adam, and God said, it is not good that man should be alone. And so male and female were created, man and woman, to be together But this does not just apply to the married couple, it applies to all of us, and it applies to all of us, uh, that we would be created to be together. And this is nowhere more true than in the church, that we need one another. How can we bear such a heavy burden? How can we care for one another? How can we love one another when we grieve? the loss of such a dear brother like Clay. We can't do it alone. And that is the gift of elders who help us to to gather Jesus' people together to support them, to love them, to shepherd them uh, through times like this. And so we're installing Cody today because that's what we're going to do in this church. We're going to care and we're going to love one another we're going to point each other always back to Christ, who is our shepherd. So what can we say about our passage this morning? There are two things I want us to consider. Two things we need to say. First, and this is the first thing, is that this world is full of strangers. This world is full of robbers. This world is full of thieves and and wolves in sheep's clothing. False teaching. All kinds of things that would distract us, that would lead us away from Christ. And that's what the elder's for. The elder's a sheepdog. We're sheepdogs for the good shepherd. We're always directing people back to Jesus. That's all that an elder is. In a world full of strangers, God's people need sheepdogs to point them back to the good shepherd. We looked at John chapter 11 yesterday because... In that we see the glorious promise of who Jesus is. He is the great I am and he is the resurrection and the life. 
And this morning we're going back a chapter to see that Jesus, he gives another I am statement. And this time declaring, I am the good shepherd. But before he says this, he first uses this figure of speech to teach them about who he is and his relationship to his people in the first six verses. He tells them that there are are thieves and robbers and strangers that will come and try to take from the flock, if possible. But there is such a one who is the shepherd of the sheep. He doesn't sneak in because he belongs to the sheep and the sheep belong to him. He goes through the gate. He goes through the front door. and He, he calls to the sheep, and the sheep hear his voice. They, they recognize the voice. They won't follow a stranger's voice, but they'll follow the shepherd's voice because they know it. And well, if that's true, then it's just Jesus in my Bible. That's, that's all I need because I, I can recognize Jesus' voice, and I can follow him. But then we read verse 6. And verse 6 says, This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. It is remarkable that Holy Scripture, after recording this beautiful speech about how Jesus' people know the voice of their Savior, then it records that Jesus' people did not understand what he was saying. And this is the importance of the elder. Because we all need to be reminded at all times what Jesus' voice sounds like. What he sounds like, as it were. We're not talking audible voices or sounds, but his voice that we uh, hear in our spirit as, as his spirit testifies to us from Holy Scripture what is true, what Scripture teaches. And sometimes God's people, they need prodding, Sometimes God's people, they need stern rebuke. Sometimes God's people need tender and loving care. But at all times, they need to be pointed back to their good shepherd. They need to be reminded that giving up of oneself and following the voice of Jesus is the greatest thing that anybody could ever do. And that is why the office of elder is such a high calling, because an elder cannot help but bring, bring God's people. Uh, he, he can't bring God's people somewhere that he has not already been. And this is what it means when Scripture teaches us that an elder must be one who is above reproach. It does not mean perfect. It does not mean having it all together. What it means is that he's pursuing holiness. He's pursuing a life of self-denial, pursuing after Christ, following him, knowing that God's uh, grace is His strength and His strength is made perfect in our weakness. The office of elder, it's an important, important thing. It brings a level of dignity to it. We, we owe Cody that honor. Elders and officers in the church, they are Jesus' gifts to His people. But all the same, it's not the office of elder that is most important. It is the good shepherd who holds the offices of prophet, priest, and king for his people. The office of elder is only ever fulfilled when that man points beyond himself to Christ. He's only ever done his job when he has simply been a sheepdog for the good shepherd. That's what it means to be an elder. 
And that's our second thing we see, because what God's people really need more than anything else, what they really need is the Good Shepherd. What people really need is Jesus. John the Baptist is he's, he's maybe the, the greatest example of this, of, of what a sheepdog looks like. You, you'll remember John the Baptist, he's the one in the Jordan pouring water over people's heads. All right, so John the Baptist jokes, not funny. Got it, okay. Noted. As John was doing his ministry, standing upright in the Jordan, thank you, the Levites and the priests were coming to him, and they were asking him, who are you? And John says, I already know what you guys are thinking. I'm not the one. I'm not the Christ. I'm not the Messiah. Well, who are you? Are you Elijah? Are you the prophet that Moses promised us would come? He said, no. Well, then who are you? We need to go back. We need to give an account to those who sent us from Jerusalem. We need to tell them who you are. So please, who are you? Give us your name. And what does John say to them? He says, I am a voice like one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. I don't even have a name. I don't have a name worth mentioning to you. I'm just a voice. That's all he is. He doesn't even give them his name. Because it doesn't matter. It, it is his ministry to serve the Lord that gives his life purpose. And that is why John can declare to his disciples, he can point them out, to Jesus as he walks by and he can declare to them, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And they'll push back and they'll say, but John, look at all these people that are following after Jesus. Look at your numbers. Look at your ministry. Look at your church. <laughs> people are leaving. Isn't that bad? Aren't you going to do something about it? He says, no. Because he must increase and I must decrease. I'm unworthy to even untie his sandal. That is how much mightier he is than I am. He must receive all the glory. That must be the desire of every elder in the church. Though it can be held in high esteem and at times, and it can be so comforting for us to, to receive your, your words of comfort, your kind words, your words of reassurement, and, and, and we, we love those, and I love receiving those, so don't misunderstand me. Please keep encouraging me. But what I'm saying is that we always must resist that terrible pride in all of us, which would lead us to think that actually maybe, you know what, maybe it's okay if I increase just a little bit. And maybe it's okay if I share just a tiny bit of Jesus' glory with him. And we cannot do that. Because it's only the good shepherd at the end of the day, only Jesus can provide his sheep with everything that they so desperately need. And we see this so beautifully in this passage, all the different benefits and all the different mercies that Jesus has to us. And we're going to go through these in rapid fire we see that Jesus says, Jesus declares to them, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved 
and will go in and out and find pasture. And how amazing is that? You have salvation and peace. Not only does Jesus save us, but He brings us out to pasture. He does everything for us that is, is promised to us in the 23rd Psalm. The Lord Jesus is our shepherd, and we shall not want. We shall have no lack of anything that we need. He brings us out to pasture. He secures us. He keeps us safe and secure on His firm foundation. We are enclosed in on His property. He has perfect watch over us. He provides us with everything we need with our, with our daily bread. He says the same thing again. He, he's reiterating that the life, uh, re, re, reiterating about the life that his sheep can expect to have. He says that I came that they might, may have life and have it abundantly. And so Jesus is going to fulfill all of our desires and give us everything that we've ever wanted. No. This is not a promise of our best life now. This is not a promise of, of a superabundance of, of provision and possessions and material gain. And if that's what we think life is all about, then we have too low of a view of what living really is. Jesus, the Good Shepherd, he teaches us, Luke chapter 12, that we need to guard our hearts against this kind of covetousness that would want and desire all of these riches in this life. Because he says, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. There is so much more to life than the possessions that we own. And Jesus cares too much for his sheep to let them grow callous toward him. Out of a love for money or a love for possessions or whatever it might be, Jesus loves you too much that he will take away what he has freely given you if that's what it takes to save your soul. And as sheepdogs for the Good Shepherd, we must fight that temptation for material gain ourselves while warning our people not to put so much stock into the life that is perishable where moth and rust destroy, but we must use this life to prepare for our life to come, to store our treasures in heaven. that we must be preparing and awaiting that glorious day when we will feast, like you reminded us yesterday, brother. That glorious feast that awaits us. Where we'll be reunited. Jesus goes on, he says, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And isn't that true? People need a savior. They don't need our wit, they don't need our charm, our elegant speeches, our, our, our largest and fanciest productions. None of that matters at the end of the day. And this is why Paul will so clearly, he'll, he'll tell the Corinthians that he did not preach with lofty speech or with wisdom or any of that. But he had already purposed in his heart to not only know and, and to therefore preach only Christ and Him crucified. And we cannot, by our best efforts, use any human means to bring anyone into the flock. But it's Jesus alone who saves. It's He alone who justifies. He alone brings dead sinners back to life. We cannot do that. By our best efforts, we cannot do that. 
Our job is simply to point everyone we meet to the only one who can. And this is exactly what Jesus the Good Shepherd says. He goes on and he says, I find all who are mine, even those who are lost and that are not yet of this fold. If Jesus has set his sights on you, you can't escape from him. He'll find you. But I bring them in, Jesus says, and there will be one flock just as there is one shepherd. There is one shepherd, there is one flock. But there are some who are still lost who need to be brought into that flock today. Maybe that is you today. And maybe you're stubbornly refusing to be brought into the flock. And my prayer is that Jesus would bring you kicking and screaming into the flock because he loves you so much. And I hope you've at least seen by now that I would not be doing my job if I did not proclaim him to you. And the free offer of the gospel, that Jesus died for the sins of his people and that he was raised on the third day from the dead so that everyone who believes in his name will not perish, but have everlasting life. There isn't a better deal than that. There isn't a greater love than that that you could find anywhere. So if that is you, if you're still wandering from the fold, then come to Christ. Oh, come to Him. Jesus has abundant life for His people. He brings and He gives abundant life. A purpose-filled life. A wonderful life. A peaceful life. Even in the midst of pain and suffering, a certain and sure hope in this life that He cares for us, that He loves us, that He's provided the way for us. And for us here who have given our lives to the Good Shepherd and we are trusting in Him even when it's hard to trust, Listen to this last promise that Jesus gives you in this chapter. He promises and he says, I know my own. And I do not flee from danger, but I protect my flock. To be known by Christ is a wonderful thing. That he knows you, that he, he knows his people. He, he, he knows you by name and and when enemies and when dangers and when storms arise, when the world and the flesh and the devil, when they would try to take us away, Jesus is the one who stands fast in between. He stands, he stands up tall. He protects us. He protects his flock. He is, he is such a good shepherd. And do you know this? He has never once this good shepherd, he's never once lost one of his own. He's never lost one of his sheep. Every single one has made it safely to pasture. Some will try and wander off. He'll go and he'll find them. Always. Some will be brought into perilous danger. He will come and he will protect them. He will rescue them. Always. He never fails to rescue them. He is our good shepherd. He is everything that we need. So this morning, 
we're going to install Cody Chapman now as a ruling elder. We could say so much more about that. Who knows? Maybe even next week we're just going to change the title. It's just going to say Sheepdogs on the, on the bulletin. I don't know. I kind of like that better now that I think about it. I know Cody's going to be a great elder because he's already been one in so many ways. But even the greatest elder in the end is just a sheepdog. That's all we are. We're just table setters. We're just setting the table for the bridegroom to be with his bride. What a blessing it is that we can bring the good gifts of the good shepherd to his people. We're always just the voice crying out in the wilderness, pointing to the one who is greater. So Cody, keep pointing us to Christ, brother. Keep reminding us of the good shepherd always. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, the shepherd of our souls, we thank you for all the many benefits that are ours in you. We thank you that we are the sheep of your pasture, that you watch over us with perfect care. And we also now thank you for the gift of elders in your church, and for Cody specifically. May his ministry to us always, at its very core, be pointing us back to you. Bless us now the rest of the service, we pray as we install our brother. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.